That is a Noctera. Let's see here. This is a Pan Am. Fancy name. Gonna try this one tonight. Um, that actually, if you listen to last week's podcast, we talked about doing our oh my film launch at that brewery. Um, they got a pretty good vibe from everybody I've talked to. AJ obviously works there, and so he was kind of able to hook us up with a pretty cool environment. And there's going to be free beer. More details all around that. It's going to happen in July, like the third Thursday or something like that. But today's podcast is, oh, a new company. Um, I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, Take a look. I really hit it off with uh, one of their directors of marketing i think is his title he's a public land guy but eric jumped on and kind of gave me a little bit more of a rundown it's also an ohio type company so it's always cool to promote my home state if you will i need to get my new patreon giveaway going Uh, we're going to give away some turkey hunting accessory items maybe i can get a, a turkey hunting vest as well from nomad which would be clutch and get that on there but I appreciate you guys listening. Team Harder and Bucks. Enjoy the podcast. All right. This is Byron Horton, and we have a pretty cool podcast lined up for you guys. Uh, anyone in the Ohio area, you might be interested in this. We're, we're going to talk some Ohio Bucks, but I actually have Eric on from Redline, who has actually some Ohio PA roots. Kind of a newer company that caught my eye prior to ATA, just based on... Um, it looked like they had some really good bow hunting accessories and like the brand image kind of caught my eye as far as a red and black theme, kind of a, uh, a badass logo. And, and, and that's, uh, I was walking around ATA and I actually ran into Eric and I had met Eric a couple of years prior uh, through Nomad. So, so a pretty cool turn of events, but uh, Eric, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Heck yeah. I appreciate you having me on. Excited to kind of talk today and fill you in on what we're doing over here. That's uh, right. And and we are going to, uh, dude, Eric killed a mega late season, guys. We are definitely going to talk about that as well. But, you know, I guess kicking things off, I had mentioned Redline has some roots in Ohio, which is cool for our listener base. But like, talk a little bit about where you feel Redline fits a niche in the market. The archery accessory uh, space, there has, you know, there's some key players, but some people come and go. But uh, talk to me about your guys' direction and, and where you see it going. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, you know, we identified kind of or identify ourselves what we want to play in that middle. So really nothing in the opening price point range. Uh, you're going to find us in the, you know, $79 three pins all the way up to $249 uh, sites there uh, with our RL1 carbon that we got going. But uh, kind of live in that middle. And then it was kind of, we wanted to bring back just some, some better, more rugged product. Uh, a lot of the guys that are involved in the company have been around and in the industry for some of the guys have been in it 50 years uh you know myself i've been in it for for more than a decade now and, and a couple other guys uh, 20 plus years and it's we wanted we found the niche in that middle and we wanted to bring better product better value uh to the customer and more rugged gear uh kind of got sick and tired of of having stuff break on us and, and just not work in the field and that's really where where redline kind of got its its birth from was just bring some better product uh for that for that blue collar guy the way i look at it uh you know, yeah a guy who's serious about bow hunting but also maybe yeah. he's gonna buy an out-of-state tag you know he, when he's looking Absolutely. at his funds 
Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't want to blow his full load without uh, getting a second tag somewhere else, potentially. Yeah, we want him to be able to afford that tag and have nice equipment at the same time. So yeah. And you guys, um, looking at it, I would say three core lines of products, stabilizers, sites, and uh, the quivers kind of caught my eye, too. Um, yeah. What, what, yeah and as, as we, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, as I was, we walk I, through it, uh, yeah, we have the three core lines right now. Obviously, we'll have... Uh, we're going to build out more accessories, more, more kind of soft line side of things. You're going to see some bow cases coming here, uh, probably in probably June timeframe, some hip quivers, more like the tack event type stuff, summertime shooting, backyard range shooting. Uh, so that'll be coming, uh, but kind of our core, it lives in that stabilizer uh, quiver and then site sites for us. We really didn't want to just come out and launch sites or launch uh, quivers or stabilizers. It was, and for me, you know, as, as the brand director there, uh, I hate when stuff's piecemealed together on a bow and it just kind of looks sloppy to me. I always wanted to have one brand where I could go in and, and have that whole brand and represent it on my bow. I feel like we do it in everything else in life. Why not with bow hunting? So when we decided to launch the company in the direction we wanted to take, uh, that was really a, a key factor. And it wasn't just to come out with one site, one quiver, one stabilizer. It was really systems for everybody whether you're hunting whitetails in ohio or you're hunting uh out west for elk there's there's really something for everybody within our line all the way from you know the price point quivers up to some of the higher end quivers or stabilizers and sites that we're offering so uh pretty excited about the breadth of the assortment we have and and how that uh, that offering shows up on the floor yeah, now something that I think is kind of unique, like if you look at our core audience and, and our brand, we're, we're mobile hunters, uh, I would say majority of public land, and um, some of your guys' gear items are geared towards a lighter weight rugged base, which that is me to a T. Uh, why don't you speak a little bit about that being something that you guys focused on or, or was a key aspect? Yeah. Yeah. So, so like your audience and yourself, I mean, we got, you know, I'd say 90% of our guys are the same same type of uh, hunters. Uh, they want lightweight, they want quick, but they want it to last and they want it to be able to get beat up a lot. Uh, so you'll see some, some stuff, uh, especially in our carbon line, uh, the three arrow quiver that we're doing in the uh, RL1 series. Awesome quiver, super lightweight. I think it comes in at about eight ounces. Oh, it's, it's a brother. feather. Yeah, it's awesome. And then uh, you, can, you can put that uh, six arrow quiver there too. It's still light. Uh, I think it's probably lightest uh, six arrow quiver on the market year to date right now but that was the core of it and then we kind of implemented the sites and really streamlined it towards that that guy uh, our sister company uh, that we uh, that we work with is uh, trophy line tree saddles so we have a lot of influence from those those uh, saddle hunters and, and those guys and and they test it and we get feedback a lot so really geared towards that and, and that style of hunting fits really well with the guys working inside of our, our company and kind of the gear that we're producing right now. Yeah. And I will say the quivers also, uh, they're very streamlined, very tight to the uh, whole system, which was kind of a theme with a lot of bow companies uh, overall, I feel like in the last year is getting that weight close to center and, and your guys's line kind of incorporates that, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big, we got a bunch of, bunch of bow junkies on the team and, uh, it is, that was the biggest thing for them on, on our quivers is how tight can we get it to that bow and, and still have the adjustment. That's the biggest thing I think that with our, our equipment that we offer is there's a lot of, a lot of adjustment that you can kind of tweak it the way you want. 
especially on the quivers uh, and with the stabilizers. We did, we are doing some back bar uh, products as well this year. So it's been really fun to, to kind of have something for everybody, but everyone can still kind of tweak what they need without leaving the brand, uh, which is, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Um, especially if a customer maybe only buys one item and then gains that trust, it'll look to you guys to kind of be the full outfit in, in, in future bow purchases or upgrades of, of different equipment. For sure. um, yeah. I like the, I like the fact that, you know, you've got one brand that, that has a couple of those accessories in the price point. Um, why don't you talk about the, uh, kind of, uh, the main site, like the, the one that I feel like is popping or catching a lot of people's eyes that, that RL one, which is a slider, um, sliders have become very popular in, in, in the years. And I, I'm a, I'm a real big fan of a three pin. I, I like to be able to shoot 20, 30, 40 very quickly, but, uh, I like the ability to practice at longer ranges. And if a guy has like a, a Western hunt, he, he now has the ability to really expand that range. Why don't you talk about that site in particular? Cause I feel like that's a, that's a core product. Yeah. So that, that R01, uh, carbon, that's, that's my favorite. That's what I'm running. And actually the three pin. And, uh, I know we got to get you, get you one out. So we're working <laughs> on, uh, that's today it's coming to you, but, uh, the, uh, kind of that the whole concept of that was is just like you explained it's offered in the slider and and the guys you know what we're seeing in the marketplace is they want to be able to shoot you know white tail 20 30 40 but if they do draw that western tag or these tack events and some of these longer range 3d tournaments are becoming very very popular right now we want to give that guy the option that he can reach out shoot 100 plus yards uh with that slider uh the cool thing about that site full carbon bracket so uh, believe it's the only set on the market right now it's a fully carbon mold uh, bracket that comes on that and then uh, also has that uh, 60 61 aluminum so every site that we do have is all 60 61 aluminum super lightweight uh, that whole front end is, is aluminum and then you have your delron gear driven uh, slider there so gives you kind of a little bit of everything gives you the rugged you know that 60 61 where you can beat it up a little bit but also the lightweight with that carbon bracket uh, it, it's just kind of pretty much a game changer for us. Uh, we're all very surprised or happy on the, on the sales of that so far out at our local dealers right now. Guys are loving it in the single pin and three pin version. Uh, me personally, I'm a three pin guy like yourself, but uh, it's been really surprising to me how guys have just kind of gravita gravitated towards that, that site in particular, just because of the look of it and how different it is and just the durability of it. We're really, really happy with how that came out. Yeah, and I know it's got some some of those like higher end features with some some oh toolless adjustment as far as your windage knob, so you don't have to go find an Allen wrench to move your left to right. Um, the other thing I, I'm a real big fan of uh, playing with this for for just a few minutes here is hardware all looks to be like solid. I uh, full disclosure, I was coming out of a hunt with a Trophy Ridge plastic hardware thing and like literally it was falling off the bow as I was going back uh, to the truck. And I was like, what if, what if Omega would have stepped out that night? Like chances are like yep. the arrow would not have connected. So, so I like to see good hardware on those guys. Um, you guys also have a, a, a nice, like, Oh, I forget the technical term, but like the locking red knob, like one, I like the yep. fact that it's red. Can't miss it. Yeah. Yep. And you, you know, a guy like yourself uh going in with the three pin you can have that thing in it's like resting location and know that it's not going to get bumped out because it's got an extra i guess layer of security if you will yeah yeah and when we designed that that was the whole point behind it i've been in in situations where you can't you know you're you know, you're uh, 
bladder gets loose or whatnot and you really aren't comfortable with with where you're at or or you're full you're drawn back and you're it's just another check for you uh that you can be able to lock that in uh in a whitetail application but if you're out west elk hunting you can leave it a little bit loose it's still going to have some rigidity to it when you're spinning that wheel it's going to be you know, it's it's not going to have the give and slide out on you you're still going to be able to hunt it with that gear driven uh delron that we have in there but it's it's a nice feature for guys to be able to kind of lock that down and not worry about it getting bumped or uh or uh, you know knock your sight off it's a great great little feature we got there so yeah yeah so i think yeah and at the price point of uh um where it sits on the market i, I really like what it brings to the table uh kind of like we had talked about the brand in general so i think that's something for a guy that may be looking to get into the slider realm um is definitely uh something to consider one thing i did want to touch on um that i liked uh, as far as in your guys's quiver lineup was um a few of the quivers have like the dual points of attachment where that that arrow is connected on two different uh i guess mm -hmm. brackets and i do a lot of hiking uh, oh in and out and i actually bought at one point the top end quiver in the market this is i don't know three or four years ago and sold it before my elk trip that year because I was like, I don't understand how they're charging this much when it's job number one is to secure my arrows and it, they're just rattling. Yeah. Um, so I really like the fact you guys offer a couple of quivers with uh, multiple brackets to house those arrows. Yeah, and it's, yeah, we have, so how our line lays out, we have uh, three different series of quivers. So you have the RL3, which would be our kind of price point series. Then you bump up into RL2 and then the RL1 series, which is our full carbon. I think you probably have one of those laying there in a, in a three arrow uh, version of that. But uh, the RL1 is obviously the price point, but we did do double grippers. Uh, they do uh, handle standard and small diameter arrows. We that was one of our big concerns and and we really sat around for a long time just making sure that we got those perfect so that you're not going to have anything pull out slide out while you're pulling your bow up uh that rl1 or rl3 and rl2 series is really kind of geared towards the whitetail guy okay uh, that is that is what uh, you know i'm going to run that rl2 carbon uh, it's a five arrow quiver double grippers uh great locks in tight uh, but that's what i'll be running for whitetail uh, then you hop up into that RL1 series, which is our full carbon molded hoods, carbon rods, but that is just a single gripper on a Western hunt. We did a little something a little bit different on that quiver. Uh, it's actually has for your uh, broadheads and whatnot. There's a gripper up inside the hood. So it really, it really grips the, your broadheads, your field points. If you're out shooting in your backyard, whatnot, and you really only need the one gripper, we will offer a attachment for the guys who don't feel comfortable uh okay yeah just like you know like you said if you're going out west you want two grippers where we heard heard some uh feedback out of the field uh pretty early on as we started shipping and uh, we're working on that process right now to get a uh a uh, a double gripper that you can add on to that particular quiver on the six arrow uh the three arrows really bomb proof i mean you don't have to you're not going to have an arrow come out of that i don't care if you drop it off a yeah, I would, I would definitely like our, our listeners are, are um, you know, if a guy is a minimalist and he is trying to shave yeah. every penny ounce uh, he can do that are that, that, that three arrow quiver is tiny. It is. Yeah. And it's so tight to the bow. Um, it, in fact, if you scroll through uh, Redline's uh, Instagram feed, a lot of times the guys are shooting with that quiver on and you almost don't, you don't see it. 
it's it's so tight to the bow uh you you have to kind of make sure you're looking for it so i definitely would encourage a guy if he is a minimalist to take a look at that bad boy yeah we're happy with uh that one in particular i was i like the six arrow i like to have as many arrows as i can you never know what's going to come around and buy in the woods I'm, uh, no yeah. i'm i'm i've machine gun i dude i i've machine gunned a buck uh, a couple years back that he he was above me on the hill and i hit him and he was he like rolled down and like tried to get up two or three times and let me tell you i was letting him rip because uh I, we we've all heard the horror stories of a guy shoots yep. one and then it gets up and runs away and like dude yep. that was not going to happen that day for me I'm the same. I was taught taught the same way coming from uh, Western PA. You sh keep shooting until they're not moving anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, l let me ask this or, or something that I noticed speaking with Redline. Um, all the guys are legit hunters or like guys that are in the field. I have been in the space long enough and had marketing meetings where like the guy might be head of marketing of, of a hunting brand. And I'm like, I don't know if I can give that guy a topo map and he could pick out the best saddle. <laughs> but like when I walked in the Redline booth, it was funny. I was talking to um, Weston and we talked uh, scouting and trail cams for 20 minutes before we even got into product and what you guys were coming to market with. Um, and then I also met your guys' field producer who um, yeah. I gave him a lot of props because he made some badass yeah. videos um, and I'm a video yeah. guy. So uh, I gave some props there, but yeah, we, guys like on, I don't know, working for the company are legit in the field and, and legit yeah, bow oh, hunters. Yeah. Um, I think that's always a, refreshing. Yeah. It's a prerequisite for us. I think uh, when I, when I got hired on uh, my previous job, I was uh, working for hook a nomad and, and got the opportunity to come up here and get closer to home. Uh, and uh, that was the first question, you know, kind of I got asked and, and that's that's kind of our mantra here at Redline is you got to be in the field you got to be using the product you got to be like you said read a top a topo map or be <laughs> able to know what direction the winds but like yeah yeah just, when you see northwest are, wind you, you already yeah. have four or five ambush sites <laughs> that automatically get programmed to maybe yeah. where you're gonna hunt yeah yeah and it's it's pretty it's a it's a pretty cool a great place to work because uh like you just said I mean we were uh whenever there is a good wind or, or something like that, it's, it's deer hunting. You get to get out and, and go get your work done. You know, we work and, and we do work some long hours and work into the night in the off season. But when it's time to get out in the woods and, and uh, shoot this stuff and, and uh, get it in the field, we are out there. I mean, it's uh, all over the U S but the cool thing is the core group of guys are based out of Pits, uh, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and then up here near Cleveland, Ohio. So uh, everybody, you know, everyone that is on the team is, is diehard within those two states. We got public land guys, we got private land guys, uh, uh, kind of a mixture of both. And it's really cool to every day we're talking about different deer that guys are hunting in different mm -hmm. states. And, and it's, it's fun that it's a great atmosphere, great environment when you're around people that share the same passion as you, which is, which is awesome. Now, I, so I've never, uh, I could see, so I've worked in the corporate environment, uh, really since, since graduation if I had like even just a, a remote, like a deer hunter in the general cubic area of where I worked, like, yeah, there was always a 10 minute conversation about X, Y, and Z, but like, I could not imagine if I worked in a facility with like a bunch of other dudes that are just as passionate as me, like first 30, 40 minutes of the day, we gotta, we gotta know what's going on. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, lot of strategy, a lot of, uh, <laughs> Hey, look at this trail cam pick. Look at this map. What's your two cents on this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, then, you know, that, that leads in. The nice thing is it really, it 
it helps lead into product ideas, designs, this worked in the field, this didn't. Um, it's, it's pretty refreshing when you go and it's exciting to go into work. Uh, yeah. It's exciting to be around the team that, you, that we have. And, you know, I've, I've worked in the cor- corporate environments as well. And, and uh, like you said, you find somebody in that, in the office that has kind of the same, they might not be as hardcore, but you're like, oh, I can go tell this guy the story. He'll get me mm-hmm. where you walk in in the first, you know, 45 minutes to an hour of the day, you're, you're sitting by the Keurig machine, drinking yeah. coffee, talking about what you did the night before, what your plan is for the weekend, or maybe slipping out at two 30 today to, to try to get on one. They've got the right wind. So it's, it's, it's definitely, it's fun. It's refreshing, but it's a great, uh, it's a great environment to, for concepts and ideas and come up with things, uh, which is refreshing. Cause I think a lot of, a lot of companies lose that, uh, uh, these days where it just becomes about making money and selling so many units and getting to a point where we're really, you know, we're based, we're, we're built on hunting. That's what we want to uh, play in and everyone on the team that's what they care about that's what they live uh, it's a prerequisite for us if you want to be a part of the team like we live eat sleep dream uh everything that is hunting i mean we're thinking about it 24 7 365 so it's it's definitely a fun atmosphere and in, in, in a good work environment for us oh that that's awesome so let me ask this now now eric um you got on a late season stud and I think I heard rumors of this, even at ATA, that that you you were on one that that looked like it was going to be a late season connection if it was going to happen. And I believe a heavy snowstorm hit that like Wednesday, Thursday of like ATA. And obviously, I know it was coming through our area at like booth setup time. Were you not just like yeah. like hands in yeah. the air? Like, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like with any deer, it always you know you're always. Uh waiting for that perfect time and it seems like it always happens that late season storm or weather always hits right during the shows so you're like ah i'm either at shot show or ata or or something something's up where where i'm stuck in an office doing something but uh i had uh purchased a farm it's actually my first farm i ever bought uh back in april i was actually i hunt up in uh northeast ohio up near the lake there uh and uh, it's actually up to ashabula county up that way and uh I've been uh, up there steelhead fishing during April and stuff like that. I've been looking for a smaller piece. I don't really like, I've always hunted smaller 20, 30 acre, 40 acre pieces that sure. I just feel like you can get a little bit more out of them than, than having a big 500 acre piece. And then you're hunting just one specific deer. Um, I like to kind of spread, spread my leases and everything out. So I got options and yeah. be able to pull some, pull some different deer and, and be looking at different deer. So finally pulled the trigger after about six years of him hawing around uh about buying a farm and oh nice the first one and uh didn't close on it till july so i wasn't even allowed to step foot on it i asked the owner could i go turkey hunt it can i get some cameras up and they're like no it just with covid and everything it took forever to get the paperwork um... done and, and uh got there in july and it was just a little bit late to it was an overgrown cattle farm uh it was just kind of needed a ton of work so we just took the time to get the fencing out and stuff and uh get some stands up and, and uh, cleared a couple pastures out that were overgrown and the food plots and whatnot that uh, really just put, put my cell cams up and sat there and waited. And, and obviously like most, most big deer do uh, showed up that the buck I ended up shooting, he ended, he showed up, I think uh, a week before Halloween. And okay. uh, now that I found out he was living about a mile North 
uh, talked to some of the farmers, some other guys around me that were found out about the deer and contacted me after I killed him. But uh, uh, he was about a mile north. He got bumped down, and, and then he showed up on my farm and basically lived there from October all the way through uh, till the day I, I ended up uh, killing him. But uh, so you you had mentioned old cattle pasture, and yeah. dude, that that like has like a like a beacon for me. Like I've heard <laughs> multiple deer hunters and experienced this myself. Like old cattle pasture to me screams like buck nest like thickety (laughs) small tree grassy combos like probably gonna hunt low to the ground because there's no big trees and and just but but they seem to be there yeah rush i mean filled with russian olives and just the nastiest stuff you've you've seen and we actually had to take a forestry mulcher in there and clear out a bunch of just openings and cleared it out i actually the the tree stand i only hunted them out of out of one set uh I hunted him eight times uh, because the wind where he was living, I had a three acre swamp that's on the backside of my property. He was up on a high point of it, bedding, bedding there. And I, the only way I could hunt him is on a north wind, basically. So sat there and you wait and wait. And this year, most guys, they know if they were hunting a lot this year, we had a lot of weird south winds, east wind. Like we had a couple crazy, of east winds right in the rut. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff that I'm just didn't, didn't pan out. And, he traveled when I go to Kansas and stuff. And, and, uh, I was actually the, uh, first, I had a ton of nighttime pictures of him. I mean, he was showing up every night, you know, two, three in the morning, mm-hmm. obviously hitting corn. Um, you know, we know how we're allowed to corn. So he was, it's pretty regular on that, but so, so were the does. That's the main reason he was hitting it, but, uh, just really random, uh, most of the time, but I was actually waterfowl hunting up in Port Clinton. And, and that was during that gun season in Ohio and uh he showed up and daylighted and i was oh, like gee. gosh i'm out i'm out here waterfowl hunting because i i hadn't seen him and i was like you know what i'm gonna go shoot some ducks and hang out well guess what someone bumped him and he daylighted on he came to me for safety so i kind of knew he was he was core to that area that's where he felt safe uh, sure and he hung out there uh out of the eight times i did hunt him i saw him two uh three out of the eight times i killed him on the third time but uh like you said, we were, we were at ATA and I think we got about a foot and a half of snow on that first storm uh, while we were at ATA. And I kept looking at the cameras and he's there every night and then he disappeared. And it was during that muzzle, it was right at that muzzleloader uh, time frame. Uh, he kind of disappeared for four or five days and I was like, someone shot him. Yeah, um, I know a couple people that killed good bucks right in that muzzleloader time period. Yeah. And you, you start you start second guessing yourself and you sleepless nights. I can tell you, I was waking up every night at three in the morning, oh, just to be checking my cell cams and, and just kill. Did it become like every- part of your like circadian rhythm? Like you would just naturally yes. wake up. Oh my gosh. Yep. Like, Oh yeah. And I had, I was lucky enough. I had a couple, couple industry buddies uh, that I'm really good friends with that uh, kind of really coached me along, like coached me along. Cause it was my first opportunity at a deer, you know, yeah. in that class and, and really told me don't you know don't do this do that and honestly i never rattled to that deer i've never I never grunted at him um, yeah. kind of just figured out where he was moving and what trip you know his core area was and and got set up on him never really i hunted him a couple times during the rut but never never pushed him to be just kind of let let the deer do their typical nightly movement yeah and right after at i think it was on the 20 24th or 25th of jan 25th of january um we were, I was sitting, I was supposed to be up here for board meetings at our office and our uh, uh, 
one of our guys had COVID, our chairman, and he kind of looked at me and I called him. I was like, what do you think? He's like, get out in the woods, man. It just snowed a foot last night. You got like three foot on the snow on the ground. And, and I had put a bunch of corn out a couple weeks, uh, a couple days prior. He's like, go, you never know. Like, it's yeah. a north wind. Like, all you do is talk about this deer on a north wind. Go, kill, like, go. And uh, I think it was about four degrees and, and just crazy, uh, beautiful day. Like the, the front had moved through and everything and it, it just frigid cold. And I got up in the stand late and uh, it was, uh, you know, we were kind of, kind of sitting there i'm looking around looking around about 4 four thirty, the does start trickling out into the food plot and uh then he kind of come out uh or shoot this eight point that was running with them popped out at about five uh they ate for about 30 minutes how big is this eight point time. because it's getting late in the year <laughs> he's not big enough because i got a picture of that big one the night before so i was like okay well, I, yeah yeah i didn't yeah. know because like you know late in the year <laughs> yeah. my, I don't know about you, but my standard kind of starts to starts oh, yeah. to dwindle, and like I'm like, I can, man, I really like to kill one, yeah. but okay. I can tell you, well, the, yeah, eight come out. He's probably mid forties, eight point. He's probably three and a half, and then mid, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. We just glossed over a mid forties eight point. Listen, yeah. I, I I met I've got a a, a mid thirties eight, and I just found a shed of like a hundred and thirty inch eight, and like, yeah. dude there's studs because yeah there's 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 no additional points it's all it's got to be there that frame makes them to like that 30-ish mark yeah he was he fed there for a while and and i'm sitting he he kind of snapped his neck and there was a there's an 11 point in there that probably runs in the sixth one you know about 160 class deer sounds like a good farm uh, purchase oh yeah i got lucky he he popped out and i'm like well there's the two of the three i was like when's when's the next one and it sounded like an elk coming through the woods when he, it was like, you could hear his rack hitting the trees. He come up out of a little, uh, kind of a small drop out of the swamp and he'd been bedded back in there. I saw him go back in the night before and I was like, he's there. He's within yeah. 150 yards of me. I got the right wind. So he, he popped out pretty late, uh, about five forty ish. And I was lucky enough. I got a shot at 30 yards on him and he didn't go shoot 36 yards. And it was, uh, about the craziest thing ever I, I remember trying to grab my phone to call my dad because I talked to him every day about it mm-hmm. uh, I dropped my phone out of the stand and it, it went down as about three and a half foot of snow there so I had to, I was like shoot so after I got done shaking I got down I had to dig for 20 minutes with my bare hands to find the, the, the damn yeah phone. yeah 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 you knew where it landed but I gotta believe uh like when you'd go in to, to dive in after it, all the snow kind of self collapses. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a calamity of errors and then I don't have a flashlight and it's dark now. Oh, and, Jesus. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm okay. There and I, I finally got back to the truck cause it was about a 700 yard walk uh, through that, you know, that deep snow was just crazy to get back there. It took me about 30 minutes to get back. Oh, sure. And, and uh, I'm picturing now you're up in the snow belt versus me. I'm central oh, yeah. Ohio. There's a yeah, huge no, difference yeah. between yeah, you this, and I and he, snow. Yeah. When he come through, that snow was up to his chest when he was walking through the, I was just like, it was crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's epic. Yep. What, the, uh, did you name the buck? Did he have, did you have a name for him? No, we just, no, I just like, yeah. I just kind of, we, he was there and he was, uh, he had uh, split brows on him. So that's what we were just calling him split brows. But, uh, okay. I mean, he was just mega wide. You can fit two, two five gallon buckets in between his, his, uh, his rack there. He's over 24 inches wide. Oh man. And, uh, 
Yeah, he was kind of. I think he green scored at two o two. No quarters. So he's he's a big uh big fifteen point. <laughs> Dude, that so, is that it, is awesome. Um, it was and, a great story. Yeah, and I gotta imagine you had said, "Oh, I got a trail cam pick of him daylight for one of the first times, and it's gun season week." Like, how are you not oh. pulling your hair out? Like, dude, like I would get that pick, I'd be like, "Dude, you either got bumped, but also, what are you doing running around during this week?" Like, you could run around most yeah. other weeks, and I would much prefer it. But gun season yeah. week, like, put your head in the hole and hide. No, and we and I had hunted him a, a couple times during that that early gun and. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the first the first gun season and you hear it shot and you're just like ooh, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know you've been in the stand where you have that feeling you're like that might have been that's close like yeah here. yeah especially if it's like the tail like 20 30 minutes like the final you know you're like oh, oh yeah. no yep i and i had an opportunity during that first gun to kill him at 208 yards and he walked out with about five minutes left of shooting i and, uh i just couldn't i was shaking so bad and i was in a hang on Mm-hmm. Um, that I just couldn't get steady on him and I had him for a split second and I was just like this kind of deer you don't you don't take a pot shot at a deer like that I knew he was in the area and sure and, and he was he was local to me and wasn't really leaving I had the does on me and and, and luckily uh the crazy thing was uh we ended up you know we got him back to my buddy's house and we skinned him out and processed and we had found out somebody had shot him during that muzzleloader season uh, his whole okay. back leg, his whole back hind was all all infected, swelled up with gangrene, and uh, he'd been uh, hit, and that's why he disappeared for five days. We figure he went and laid down and just didn't move, and sure. kind of held up until he got health, not healthy enough, but better enough to get up and, and get back. But uh, yeah, for sure, we think if I wouldn't have got an opportunity to kill him, he probably would have, he probably would have died uh, from that wound that he had because his whole back leg was just completely starting to oh, man. up and get mangled so plus i'm sure the marketing side of you said you know i've got this new bow hunting company i think i need to take the bow in it you you know you you couldn't ask for like a better like fairy tale ending like new company launches yeah and you shoot the biggest was crazy yeah and it's it's one of the and that's the first farm i've ever bought and kind of now it's like what do you do so funny thing is we were talking before we got started i got a we got that youth ohio season uh starting up here so i'm actually meeting uh the guy who farm who's going to farm my property, I'm going to meet him and his son. They're going to look at uh, doing the tilling the fields here, getting ready for next year, uh, doing corn or soybeans. They're going to let me know. And then uh, I got to go frost seed a bunch because we're still cold up here. We, I think it was about 32 degrees this morning when I got up. So I got to put up three acres of clover back in that food plot. I killed them in for turkeys. Nice. We can, uh, we're actually getting dialed in. We're about to head down to Florida here, do some turkey hunting uh, uh, later this month. And then, uh, like I said, I mean, it's all kind of full circle. You're back to doing some frost seeding, getting getting the farmers all dialed up and ready to go, and then get the the kids. I can't believe they get a two week jump on us here in Ohio. So it's <laughs> I'm yeah. kind of jealous. I'm like, Man, I'd love to get to crack it. Crack it. Last birds. year it's you laughed. The the best, uh, the most gobbles I heard in the morning. It was like this time period, and I was still shed hunting, scouting like for deer, and I'm yeah. like this place is hammered yep. it's where i killed my bird at because i was like well there's clearly a bunch of birds in this area like three or four yep. groups in like a big timber section i'm like yep. well opening day i'll be in here and and yeah yeah it's that's the way it is i mean up up this way especially on the on the turkeys it's uh and, our season's and we, almost uh, like a couple weeks too late yeah we're we're we open up i think that first weekend in may so uh in the northern zone so it's even it, it pushes out even further but uh it's just 
it's crazy right now. I know this weekend with, it was like 75 degrees and I was getting calls from everyone I know up there that was like their birds everywhere, just out strutting already. So it, it's uh, I love spring, man. If I could, if I could kill one animal the rest of my life, it'd be a Turkey. Oh, wow. Okay. You're ate up with it. That's cool. So let me ask oh, yeah. this. I think, uh, uh, kind of putting a, a bow on this podcast is, um, what do you, I guess, you know, you, you, we've, we've come to market now, Redline has, do you ask yourself what's next? Are you guys constantly thinking, or are you trying to streamline what you got right now? I guess I saw, I saw you guys had peep sites on, on the website yeah. today. Um, yep. yeah, so, we got peeps. Uh, I can tell you that there will be no stop. Uh, yeah. you're, we're pushing full on forward. You're, you're going to see probably an item launch basically every month of the year is our plan. Um, okay. is, is what we're doing obviously with with transportation issues and, and backups with the uh with our factories and stuff it it's been really tough especially with this whole covid and currently what's happening out there in the world uh fuel surcharges it's oh, geez, yeah. it's never any fun when when you're talking manufacturing especially uh all of our products manufactured overseas so it's it's a little tough right now getting stuff here quickly and making sure we're doing it in a timely fashion luckily we thought that we got ahead of it on our first orders. Second orders are going to be good, but uh, next year, yeah, we're not we're not taking our foot off the gas. We're going to have some some really cool stuff coming out. Uh, probably a couple new sites, or I know some new sites. Uh, definitely some new quivers, some soft lines. Uh, so nice. I mean, always is it, something is it, new. Can I ask about the bow case? Is it a soft bow case? Yeah. So to start, yeah, we're going to have some uh, just some soft bow cases uh, just for guys doing three D touring, some back of the truck type stuff. I actually really um, just, prefer a soft bow case because they take up way less room. And it, yeah, it, 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 yeah, and until you have one, you're like, oh, I'll never go back to a hard case for the most part unless yeah. you're doing some crazy trip. But like, yeah, I'm a big yeah. fan of a soft bow case. Heck yeah. And then uh, just, you know, some hip, you know, some hip quivers, uh, 3D quivers, stuff like that for, for guys doing the 3D tournaments and stuff. Uh, and then some, uh, you'll see some bow slings coming, which is going to be fun. We got. Uh, oh, very cool. Uh, higher end bow sling and then something right in the price point uh area for guys who just need something quick to get in and out with uh but yeah i have toyed with the idea of, of doing the bow sling thing just because I, I could see in some of my commutes being it nice to, to essentially have that bow hold yep. steady or something just to have a little more i don't know yeah easier commute I, that's that was my my kind of push on the bow sling is i i do a lot of uh, e-bike kind of hunting and stuff to get around a little bit quicker and and uh it's it's a lot nicer when you can sling that thing up over the shoulder and go or, or where you're walking in or even just getting it up into the tree protecting your you know if you're in trees that aren't trimmed or you're going in with an outfitter or you're going on public land that's not really set up and you're just making a quick move saddle hunting just to protect your bow that's that's my kind of whole whole thought process on the bow sling thing is is protect the string protect your sight uh, all that stuff so okay we're excited well, about cool. uh, kind of the future and and we're ready to roll. We're going to be shipping, you know, or we are shipping right now to dealers and our uh, direct consumer site within the next two weeks is going to be turning on, but we want to get the product out in the dealers first, take care of those guys, yeah. get it out in the shops. And then, uh, then we'll be kicking that on. Now, what do you say, uh, your dealer network, is it, uh, um, I got to imagine us wide, but is there a concentration here in the, uh, the Ohio listener belt? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we, okay. pretty much every dealer that you're going to walk into, I, I would imagine, I, I know that you're going to see our stuff in, uh, and then obviously, uh, all over the U S we are nationwide. So yeah, our, uh, our plan for, you know, this year is, is just kind of 
take care of that. You know, it's dealer driven. We're not going to be in big box. You're not going to see us on Amazon. Uh, okay. We want the pro shops is where we want to be. That's where yeah. we want to play. Um, is it, uh, I just name a few of the big Ohioans. Like I know, uh, are you guys going to be in like Vance's fin feather and fur? Yep. yep. Okay. Um, I don't know many others. I know those are a couple like the bigger. Those are the big boys. Yeah. Yep. But, but a lot of our listeners are probably within a draw, a short drive of both those locations. So, so they'll be able to check those out. For sure. Yep. So well, cool, Eric. I, uh, yeah, no, super exciting. And I, I just really appreciate the time and I, a, a cool buck story to kind of put a, put a bow on it. And, and, and also just hear from Redline and, and see that they, they, they are a group of hunters. Um, I think yeah. that, that really speaks well to like, uh, at least our listener base. Heck yeah. We, hey, I appreciate you having me on and, and honestly, uh, love to get back on talk again here shortly. You know? That's right. Yeah. Hopefully you shoot some birds or whatever. Uh, <laughs> dude, I am a Turkey rookie. Uh, so <laughs> come up with us, man. Come uh, did, with me. I'll take you out. I got, I got some good, good dirt up this way. Dude, I'd probably learn a lot. Um, yeah. I have never like had a good Turkey hunting mentor, uh, um, so yeah, that, that might be something we have to work out. Heck yeah, man. We'll get you up here. We'll get, uh, we'll get, we'll get you on birds. It's, it's a, this is a great area up this part of Ohio. It, I mean, it always has been a pocket. I can remember growing up in the two thousands and looking at harvest numbers. And I think, uh, they gave bird estimations and it seemed like obviously Southern Ohio, it had a decent average population. And there was always a pocket in that Northeast corner. Yep. Oh yeah. That's, uh, that's one thing they got. So it's 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 good up here so very cool very cool all right eric man i appreciate the time and uh we are out